basic life question for you. Is suffering optional? Is suffering optional? No, it's not optional. You shouldn't go looking for it, but you don't have to because suffering is inevitable. You have suffered in the past. You will suffer in the future. And you may be suffering right now. In today's letter to the Romans, the great first century missionary, St. Paul, writes this in chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse 2, And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. If this sounds like good news to you, say Amen. Amen. Uh, Peace, hope, that does sound like good news. Okay, let's look at verse 3 though. And not only that, but we also... Boast in our suffering? Does that sound like good news? Hmm. Well, suffering is inevitable. For you Marvel fans out there, it's kind of like Thanos. Suffering is inevitable. So if suffering is going to happen to you anyway, if something good could come out of suffering, that would be good news, right? Now, suffering often, not always, suffering often produces character. It often clarifies the important. And it often draws people closer to God. So, suffering, interestingly, is not without its benefits. But St. Paul is stressing that before suffering can become a reliable means of benefiting your life or mine, something else is required. What is that something else that's needed to make suffering a reliable means of benefiting you? What is that? See some confused faces? I see some waiting faces. Well, let's go back, shall we, to Romans 5 and just work our way quickly through the passage and see if you can catch what is that something else that is required in order for suffering to actually benefit you. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God. Since we are justified by faith, we have, verse 2, access to grace. Since we are justified by faith, verse 3, we can boast in our sufferings. Since we are justified by faith, we have the gift, verse 5, God's love has been poured into our hearts. So, do you think you know what the something else is that's needed? Anybody? Mouth the word. See if I can see it. Faith. Faith. Absolutely faith. But not so fast, folks. Not so fast. Let's take the idea of faith, put it on a slide for analysis, and put it under the power of the big red microscope that is your brain. You ready to do a little analysis? You got to think a little bit. I'm sorry. You got to do some thinking here. So listen carefully. First question. Is believing that there is a God faith? Is believing that there is a God faith? Well, it's probably necessary for faith. Second question. 
is knowing things about God, faith. Is knowing things about God, faith. For example, that God is love. Well, you probably have to know some things about God to have faith. Third question. Is trusting God faith? Aha! To quote Inspector Clouseau, now we are getting somewhere. And if you do not know who Inspector Clouseau is, your life has been deprived. And the original Inspector Clouseau, no offense, Steve Martin. Okay, so in order for suffering to be a reliable means of what Romans 5 says, of producing endurance, character, and hope in your life, you have to trust God. Did you catch that? I'm going to rewind that one. Make the rewind sound at home. In order for suffering to be a reliable means of producing endurance, character, and hope in your life, you have to trust in God. You have to have trust. Now the good news is that the believing, the knowing, and the trusting is not all up to you and me. Faith does not begin with you. Faith does not begin with me. Faith begins with God. The Reverend Dr. David Barlett, who was a New Testament professor at Yale Divinity School, he comments on this Romans 5 passage in this way. It is not, check this out folks, it is not that we are trying to reach God. It is that God is striving to reach us. It is not we who are using Jesus to gain God's mercy. It is that God sends Jesus to enact mercy on our behalf. This is an example of grace. Let's say that word together. Grace. Charis in the Greek. Grace is a gift of God, the gift of God's forgiveness, the gift of God's mercy, the gift of God's love. Now, here's a true or false statement. You tell me thumbs up, it's true, thumbs down, it's false. No human being measures up to deserve this gift. That's true. No human being deserves this gift. Look it up, Romans 3.23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God gives us this grace anyway. Ephesians 2.8. You can look up that verse on your own. And the whole Christianity deal, folks, the whole deal of the Christian faith, the whole life and teachings and death and resurrection of Jesus are about God reaching out to humanity with grace. As St. Paul writes right here in Romans 5, our passage for today in verse 8, But God proves his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So receiving that gift of grace is an act of faith. And living each day by that grace is an act of faith too. So that your actions and mine can actually be exercises of faith. Or we can act in ways which we do not exercise our faith. We leave grace on the shelf instead of acting it out in our life. So this mom had some complications with her pregnancy. And she had been at the hospital, and she was finally coming home with her newborn triplet sons. Triplets. Mothers, can you imagine having triplets? Yeah, triplets. 
triplets. Very, it sounds like a fun time, right? So she brings the, the triplets home, and remember, she has some issues. So this is the first time her other child, her four-year-old daughter, is experiencing any of this. So the four-year-old girl, she looks down a little doubtfully for the first time at these little brothers of hers, and she says, Mommy, we better start calling folks. They're going to be a lot harder to get rid of than kittens. Now, thankfully, God's grace cannot be getting rid of as easily as kittens. Even when you desist seeking God, God persists in seeking you. So, think about it again. How can suffering be a reliable means, what Romans 5 says, of producing endurance, character, and hope in your life? How? Mouth the word. Faith. Trust. As an image bearer, you were created to have faith. What's the Latin term again for image? Image bearer, the image of God, what is it? Anyone remember? The Imago Dei. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I. The Imago Dei. So put your faith in God. Walk by faith, not just by sight. And even when your faith is shaky... Even when you aren't certain, when you have doubts, that's okay. Lift all of that up to God. Pray the prayer of the man from Mark 9.34. Do you know this prayer? The prayer of Mark 9.34? This prayer has sustained me at different times in my life. Here's his prayer. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Mark 9.34. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And always, 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 even when you don't feel like it, stay close to people of faith. When you only when you feel like it, right? Is that what I said? No. Even when you don't feel like it, if you're with somebody at home, turn to them and say, "Even when you don't feel like it." And if you're by yourself, say, "Even when I don't feel like it." Stay close to people of faith. Let their faith. Their trust in God strengthen yours. And that's just one reason that we stress worshiping weekly and building spiritual friendships at St. John's. Okay, I want you to settle down a little bit and I want you to imagine. Imagine being 17. I see some shed taking. But imagine being 17. Your life is before you. Opportunity, possibility, decades to come. I've been thinking about this, seeing all the signs on people's yards, you know, and pictures online of high school graduates. Anyone know anyone who's about to graduate? I see some hands. And this is where a young woman found herself on July 30th, 1967. She was 17. The youngest of four. This teenager enjoyed horseback riding, hiking, tennis, swimming. But that day, July 30th, 1967, brought a suffering into this young woman's life that none of us can probably really understand. She dove into the Chesapeake Bay and she misjudged the shallowness of the water suffering a fracture to her spine. 
paralyzing her from the shoulders down. Her faith was shaken to the very core. There were grueling surgeries. There were dark nights of the soul. But by trusting in God's grace, as it says in Romans 5, the grace of God revealed in Jesus Christ, she grew in endurance, character, and hope. She started by painting, by holding the paintbrush in her mouth. Johnny, with an I, Johnny Erickson Tata, now 70, is still a paraplegic. But for over half a century, her artwork, her books, her music, her advocacy for people with disabilities, her battle with cancer, has shown people the grace of God and the hope of Christ and has lifted the faith of millions of people around the world. This is what she says. We refuse to present a picture of gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Because we deal with so many people who suffer. When you're in a dark place, when lions surround you, when you need strong help to rescue you from impossibility, you don't want sweet. You don't want faded pastels and honeyed softness. You want mighty. You want the strong arm, an unshakable grip of God who will not let you go, no matter what. Suffering is inevitable. You don't have to go looking for it. It's going to happen. But by God's grace, And with your faith, with your trust in God, the Spirit will pour love down into your heart like rain, life-giving rain, producing in you endurance, character, and hope. Amen.